This is Friday, April 22nd. And as we're looking at the influence of Jesus after the resurrection, we take, need to take some time to wrap up a story that I'm so often asked about. It's the story of Judas Iscariot. His story is a painful one. We afforded the opportunity, he was afforded the opportunity to be with Jesus for three years, just as the other disciples had. He heard Jesus teach the crowds. He was an eyewitness to Jesus' miracles. He saw lives change and hope begin to flow into Israel to his own people. He was given an important role among the disciples. He kept the money bag, the resources used to support Jesus and the disciples, and their ministry was entrusted to him. Like the other disciples, Judas began following Jesus with no real knowledge of who Jesus actually was. Actually, no doubt, the disciples had different reasons of their own for following Jesus. Did they think him at first to be an extraordinary teacher? Did they expect him to rise in stature after they met him? We're not told. But there was a moment when the disciples began to understand that Jesus was the Messiah, the long-awaited Redeemer Israel had been expecting. The first insight into Jesus' real identity, well, it came from Peter, who declared that he recognized Jesus as God's Messiah. And slowly the other disciples began to believe in Jesus too. Though it wasn't until the resurrection that everything came into focus and the disciples worshipped him. Now for Judas we get hints that his heart was not with Jesus and Jesus' mission. For example, when Jesus was anointed by Mary at Bethany, Judas objected strongly to it, claiming to be thinking of the poor. But here's what we're told about Judas in that moment. He did not say this because he cared about the poor, but because he was a thief. As keeper of the money bag, he used to help himself to what was put in it. That's John 12:6. Yes, he had been stealing from the scant resources of the disciples, skimming out some of the money for himself. You see, Judas is an example of those that come to Jesus for what they can get, not for who Jesus is. They don't respond to the love of Jesus as much as the opportunity for gain. I remember years ago, we had a young man join our church. And very quickly after becoming a member, he sought out a member directory and he began contacting our congregation members for business opportunities. It took a while, but the news of this reached our elders. By then, however, this man had exhausted his opportunities, and he was gone. I don't know this man's heart toward Christ, but it seems strange that he would seek to add members of Granada to his client Rolodex. Now, one thing we see about Jesus is that though he knew about Judas, he never outed him to the other disciples. Indeed, Jesus seems committed to protect and love Judas until the very end. In the end, Judas sought the little money he might gain from betraying Jesus. This is Matthew chapter 26, verse 14 to 16. Then one of the twelve, the one called Judas Iscariot, went to the chief priests and asked, What are you willing to give me if I deliver him over to you? 
So they counted out for him thirty pieces of silver. And from then on, Judas watched for an opportunity to hand him over. Now, by the time Jesus arrived in Jerusalem, the religious leaders wanted Jesus dead. They feared Jesus' authority, and large crowds were turning out to hear Jesus teach. They told themselves that Jesus could start a revolt in the city, and then the Romans would crush the Jewish people. Of course, Jesus had no such plans. He was not a rebel, but the Son of God, who had come to redeem Israel from her sins. We know now that the signal that Judas had given to the authorities was that the man he approached and kissed would be Jesus. How heartbreaking is this? This is a kiss of welcome and friendship in their culture. And it became a kiss of betrayal. That night before Jesus was arrested, he shared the Passover with his disciples, and Judas was there among them, even though he was working on his plan. Jesus washed his feet, along with the others, and served Judas at the meal. Judas even had one of the seats of honor. Jesus showed only love to Judas. He never spoke an ungracious word to him. Yes, Jesus not only spoke about loving our enemies, he loved his. Now Judas left the dinner early so that he could meet up with the soldiers, and later they found Jesus praying in the Garden of Gethsemane. But this is not the end of Judas's story. Here is what happened afterward. Matthew chapter 27, verse 3 to 5. When Judas, who had betrayed him, saw that Jesus was condemned, he was seized with remorse and returned the thirty pieces of silver to the chief priests and the elders. I have sinned, he said, for I have betrayed innocent blood. What is that to us? they replied. That's your responsibility. So Judas threw the money into the temple and left. Then he went away and hanged himself. Now some people have said that at the time Judas came to his senses and came to fate. But that's not what we find here. While there is sadness and remorse, there's no repentance. Instead he tries to undo what he has done. He tried to return the money to the religious leaders. They told him to keep the money. What a horrible moment this was. None of us can undo our sin. We can't get the toothpaste back in the tube. This should give us pause before we take our actions and before we act. Indeed, I think Judas came to hate the money that he had gained by his treachery. And what is worse, he hated himself. So he took his own life. The sadness in it all, in all of this, is that he did not live to see the risen Christ. He didn't live to discover the forgiveness of sins in Jesus. Now, not every traitor sticks with his treachery. I read recently of a Chinese man sent to be a part of a church in Shanghai. His job was to spy on the activities of Christians. But joining them for worship services and fellowship, he was caught up in their joy and swept away by their love. The day came when the traitor among them confessed his wrong and told the church he had come to believe in Jesus. What a beautiful sign of the power of God's love in a broken world. And communist repression was seen for what it was, and God was glorified. Let's pray. 
God Almighty, your love is greater than life. Thank you that your love is great enough to include rebels like us. We stand in awe of your, in your, good, of your goodness. Help us to live in joy and gratitude. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.